Focus on the right people, focus on the right accounts, focus on the right activities. And if you do that, you'll ultimately find success. You're listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast, a daily podcast dedicated to helping B2B marketing, sales, and customer success professionals become masters of their craft. It's Thursday, so this is our hashtag one team episode. Sangram and someone from the Terminus team discuss what they're learning at the moment and how it applies to you. Here we go. So uh, welcome to the Flip My Funnel podcast. Uh, We've been doing this series called One Team, and it's all about just bringing out real practitioners who day, day in and day out kind of live in this world and try to make the best out of it. And I, as a marketer, always feel like one of the hardest jobs out there is of a salesperson. And the reason I kind of say that is because every single month, the board goes to zero, right? You have this amazing success and, and you, have, you celebrate every single week and you get to the month and you're like, wow, we made it. And then the next morning, like on the first of the year, like first of the month, it's like zero, right? And I think it's like crushing. I don't know how you do it. But I, as a marketer, feel like, man, we're lucky. We don't have to think like we can add to it. So uh, I have a couple of folks with me here, right, from Terminus, uh, Ryan Vitello and Stuart English. Uh, Ryan is the manager on the SDR team, and Stuart is an incredible SDR and leading the team on his side. And what's interesting about them, they're like a player coach. They work well together. Uh, but what has also happened in the last year is they have completely transformed the organization to do things differently. So, Ryan, I want to start with you and kind of share your role and what you do day to day, what your day looks like, uh, because there are a lot of sales uh, and marketing professionals who may not know what an SDR manager does every day. Sure. And then Stuart would love to hear like, hey, what do you do when you wake up? Like, yes, you brush your teeth, you get breakfast, like all that stuff. When you come in, like what drives you to have a great day? every single day as an SDR. So let's start with that, right? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you, Sangram, for having us on the podcast. You know, my role as an SDR manager here at Terminus, it's a wide array of tasks and things to do on a day-to-day basis. But currently, I oversee 11 reps who are all outbound. And my goal is to help look at their process and optimize how they can be more efficient in their outreach, how they can work accounts smarter, not necessarily harder. And on top of that, you know, make sure that everyone is seeing success both inside of the organization as well as outside personally. So however you want to phrase that, I don't think that's necessarily can be bulleted in a few points, but that's ultimately what I'm doing here at Terminus. And Sangram, thanks again for having me as well. You asked about what my day-to-day looked like when I first got up, you know, after I brushed my teeth and, <laughs> and eaten breakfast and gotten into the office. And, you know, as a salesperson, you mentioned starting from zero every month. So the goal is obviously for me to schedule outbound meetings, but every day looks a little bit differently, to be honest with you. You know, Monday for me is sort of an administrative day to get accounts in. You know, the rest of the week is really trying to do great research, great personalized outreach, um, and calling on companies that I think would be great fit for Terminus customers um, and eventually great advocates for us. It's a little bit there. Yeah, that's awesome, man. So let's talk about the transformation that you guys have gone as a team. Like, what happened? Why? Let's start with the why. Why was the transformation needed on the team? And then we'd love to get you guys kind of reaction to like, well, what did you really do to transform? And and then we'll follow up with what kind of results have you seen as a result of it? So why? Why do you need to transform like thousand calls and like, you know, having hundreds and thousands of accounts? Like, why do we need to change that? So let's start there. 
Sure. So the transformation all began with just understanding that we were spending our time and our resources not necessarily in the right place, which is hard to think of it that way when you're seeing so many demos or opportunities created from uh, your team's outreach. It's normally indicative of we're doing something right. Um, But when you actually dug into the data, the pipeline that we were creating for our company wasn't exactly valuable. It was a lot of like air gaps, so to say, inside of a pipe, and that's not healthy. It makes it less predictable from a revenue standpoint, and ultimately we're paying out on deals that are actually not going anywhere. And so what we had to do is we had to optimize how do we actually drink our own champagne here at Terminus, right? We talk about account-based marketing. We talk about you know, how our solution itself is helping increase revenue, but also speed up deals as they move through the pipeline. And when we really reflected on it, we said, oh my goodness, we're not even doing this ourselves. How can we expect our customers to be you know, our biggest advocates when we're not even doing it ourselves? So honestly, we flipped the funnel. We flipped our entire scheme of how we go to market on its head, and it's made all the difference. And so from a managerial standpoint, It's been a tremendous ride. It's been super exciting to see where we're at now, but it wasn't always, you know, rainbows and butterflies when we first started out. Yeah. Um, And I think that's kind of what we're here to talk about today is, you know, the fact that, you know, whenever you make a big change like this to focus on, you know, strategically going after a set number of accounts. And what I mean by that is, you know, beforehand, our average rep was going after at least 500 accounts, maybe mm-hmm. to up to 700 accounts. Mm-hmm. Now we're really slowing down and focusing on probably about 150 to 200 best fit accounts. Wow. And so that's come with a huge change in the technology that we use to help us identify what our best fit accounts are, where the intent is. Um, Peter Herbert is yeah. probably most famously quoted as saying, you know, fit plus intent plus engagement yep. is the key to orchestrating a great ABM program. But that's the big shift that we've had to take in terms of just how we go to market and just seeing how that's greatly impacted each rep. You know, like I said at first, and I'm going to have Stuart talk about this um, here with me is, you know, it was tough. People said, I'm not winning anymore. There was yeah. a sense of like, man, I've done so much good and now I don't have that anymore. Yeah, you're literally taking accounts out of people's hands right. and saying that you're going to have less accounts, but you need to produce more. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> How does produce that work? more or the same than yeah. you were doing beforehand. Yeah. And so there was a lot of stuff that we had to change on our end. One is how we compensate people. We said, hey, like if you're going to basically be given less, but expected to do more with it, like we're going to pay you out on more stages in the pipeline. And gotcha. for the people who were reps like Stuart, who were crushing it and Stuart chime in here, as you were crushing your commission checks every month, I'm sure that whenever we made the switch, it was not all of a sudden extra money in the bank for you. At first, there were some growing pains for sure. You know, we knew for sure this made business sense. And in the beginning, Sangram, you touched on it 100%. I had 500 to 700 accounts and saying, you put blood, sweat, and tears into prospecting these, then narrowing that down at first to, if you remember, somewhere between 75 and 100, yeah. that's that's a total mindset shift. So for me, it was a complete 360 in my outreach. You know, Before, it was a, a much more volume approach, and now you have to be more targeted. You have to understand who you're reaching out to because you just don't have the volume play anymore. You, you have to know, you know that your messaging is going to hit home. And while it was a challenge, you know, we started this back in July, we've seen conversion rates go through the roof. You know, more than 
Um, twice the amount of demos have gone into the interest stage here in our sales force as they were before, which speaks to the fact that this is working. And, um, you know, our leadership did a great job about, you know, tuning that compensation plan to still make it lucrative for us. You know, where as before we were sending over quantity and getting paid on that. Now it was, you're going to be rewarded, you know, very yeah. well for the quality that you send over. So while there were growing pains in the beginning, I think we're getting to that point that nearly every rep on the team is happy that it happened. And, you know, more importantly, understands that this is going to propel us into 2018 and give us, you know, a great chance to win as a team. That is amazing, man. I made a few notes as you guys started talking about, it, and I think for everybody who's listening to kind of think about the compensation change is a real thing. So we have to make that. So that's something that we can dig in uh, in maybe one of the future episodes. Sure. The other part, and both Stuart, you and Ryan, you both of you touched on, is the leadership and how much of that is important to the whole process, right? Like, you know, if your leadership is not bought into it, you know, you might start a pilot project, but I remember like Peter and, and, and Todd and everybody coming in and they said like, look, guys, we're shifting, we're doing this thing. And their commitment was super important because they were putting their jobs on the line, if you will, that gave you guys the confidence that, okay, if these guys are so confident, we're willing to give it a shot. So the whole idea of one team is a real thing. And it really starts with everybody feeling like it's not just asking more of you to do more, but it's also that everybody's kind of pouring in. We'd love for you guys to talk about failures. Like what was the initial, because, uh, you know, we all know like, yeah, it sounds great. Yeah. Just focus on the right accounts, do the right things and we're going to get more. And Glad it happened, but I'm sure it was initially, it was a little bit of failures and people were like, I'm sure it's like, oh my goodness, see, I told you this is going to fail. <laughs> like, I'm sure some of those moments are, are had happened, right? And, and I, I love for you guys to kind of share like what the failures are and how do you guys overcome that? Sure. So from a failure standpoint, I think failures can be looked at one of two ways. One is you failed and you lost miserably and you kind of go home from that. The second is you failed, but then you've learned from it and you pick yourself back up and go. And Sangram, you hit on a really important point, which is like the leadership has to buy into this because if the leaders don't believe in it, how in the world are the soldiers who are in the trenches, the managers who are in the trenches fighting with the soldiers, like how are they going to believe it? Right. But from a pain point standpoint, you know, when we first started this, I said, okay, I don't really understand. I've never seen a business operate this way, but we're going to do this. And so when we started, I mean, there was a significant decrease in demo flow and opportunity flow. And I know for me personally, it felt like, man, my team's not doing their job like correctly. And, you know, I was like I told you prior to this is, you know, I was basing everything that I knew of success on vanity metrics of, man, I'm just looking for the rep that can pound the phone and send the most emails. And now it was more of a game of finesse rather than, you know, torque and, and power. So, you know, it felt like we were failing. It felt like we were letting our counterparts of the account executives down. You know, their livelihood is based on primarily the pipeline that we create. Right. And it feels like someone just took an axe and just chopped (laughs) the pipeline wide open and it all just kind of spilled out on the floor and we're all just sitting around saying, how do we clean this up? Yeah. Did you have like any AEs looking at you like, what's going on? Like, why are you not giving me the same number of accounts? Yeah, exactly. And they would come up to us and be like, hey, like, you know, uh, is everything good? And we're like, yeah, we're great. And they're like, yeah, it's a really nice way. They're just feeling us out, you know, trying to make sure that everything was kosher. But I mean, that was one of the biggest failures is like, we felt like we failed ourselves. Yeah. But then on top of that, it's learning how to do, 
you know, personalization at scale. You know, we implemented, like I said, a few new tools and we're sitting there scratching our heads saying, okay, well, there's a learning curve that comes yeah. with this. Like we've got to learn how to use different tools to help us better understand, like, what is our go-to-market strategy? Who are the accounts that we go after? When do we go after them? And what's the most effective way to go after them? And I think Stuart will be able to share a little bit more about this, but, you know, in terms of management, I had to help everyone understand kind of like what is their sales superpower, right? <laughs> um, we talk a lot about here at Terminus, you know, helping marketers become superheroes within their organizations, but we had to very quickly understand like what everyone's superpower was in terms of being a sales professional. What does that mean? Can dig into that. Yeah, first. yeah. So real quick, what that means is, you know, everyone has strengths, yeah. right? Um, some people are better at making phone calls and they're better at talking to people on the phone. Some people on our team, Patrick Carruthers is a great example. He's a, a genius when it comes to writing out personalized emails. And then other people, we use a tool called Vidyard. They're very, very skilled at making at scale videos that hit home with people when they see them, they truly get a ton of value from them. And yeah. so, you know, John Maxwell talks about the 85-10-5 rule, which is 85% of your time should be spent doing what you're best at. 10% of your time should be spent perfecting that craft. And then 5% of your time should be spent just learning about your weaknesses. Yeah. And so what we had to do was, you know, everyone was trying to do everything, but no one was doing everything well. Yeah. That is such a big <laughs> idea. Like if you think about if everybody's trying to do everything and nobody's kind of focusing on their strength as a manager, I can assume like that would mean that, Hey, there's getting a lot of volume, but that's why the numbers are not meeting. And I think this is almost in every single organization because you have a common dashboard that says, we have to have these many calls, these many numbers, and we have to just hit them. And no matter how you get there, you need to get there. We uh, just recently interviewed Jay Bear, who is an incredible speaker, New York bestselling author, uh, and has been in the industry for like 10, 20 years. And he said something really, really amazing. He said, every time you send something to your customers or prospects, you, either you're building your brand or you're killing your brand. Yeah. Right. You're Absolutely. building your brand or killing your brand. So when you see all these like automated emails that may or may not really speak directly to the person and as you can see that it's an automated, you're actually killing your brand. And that's, that's exactly right. That's not, exactly right. I love this 85 chain rule. So what is your superpower? I would actually like to say that I'm pretty well rounded. But one thing that I think I do well is based on emails that I send is having something relevant to call that person, give them a reason to give them a call based on that email saying, Hey, I saw you open this, you know, I think this is going to be a value to you for a reason. So for me, it's picking up the phone and engaging with, you know, prospect, potential customer based on something I've sent them and can tell that they've found value in. Yeah. Um, while someone like Morgan Gillespie on our team is great at video and Ryan already touched on Patrick being just an amazing writer and email crafter. Um, there are some of us that still have to, you know, be well-rounded in a sense. Yeah. Um, so I think that's where I am. I'm not the best email writer, not the best video person, but I think I can do all, you know, to a good degree. Yeah. And I think that's the self-awareness yeah. that you as a team need to have everybody on the team. It seems like the team has done a really good job of just figuring out and you as leaders, Ryan, to kind of figure out, well, what is everyone's skill set and let them play to their strengths. Exactly. At some point, we got to play Patrick's, like, song right like we gotta get that song on it I'll, I'll try to see if we can uh, get that added to this podcast and let him go all right so i'm going to summarize a few things that you guys talked about but 
I'm going to end, and both of you guys, I'd love for you guys to share one thing that every single salesperson should be doing today that they're not doing, all right? So I'm summarized. Think about that one thing you want to share and leave up, uh, all the listeners with. So few things I learned, fit, intent, and engagement. That is the secret formula for doing it the right way. Compensation, this is not something I thought about before, so I'm so glad you guys brought up. People think that, well, you know, if you just change the process to work, well, if the compensation is not the right compensation, then, you know, it's really hard to get the right behavior from people. So that was a really, really big idea. A leadership is an insanely important point to think about, right? If you don't have your leadership buy-in, and it might seem super easy to say that, but you have to really feel it. Mm-hmm. and have to really understand that that's what the leadership, it's not like, hey, you go try this thing. It's like, no, 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 we are all jumping into it. I know that was a big transformation. And I absolutely, absolutely love the sales superpower and the 85-10-5 rule from John Maxwell. So I'm going to go check that out after this. So to wrap it up, what is the one thing every single salesperson should be doing that they might not be doing or something that you want them to do starting up? Ryan? I think for me, Syndrome, it's everyone's seeing, but they're not necessarily observing. And what I mean by that is there has to be a heightened sense of focus in what you're doing in regards to sales or even marketing. If you look at the amount of time that you spend in a day and really analyze it, you'd be shocked as to how much time you probably waste doing things that are not important. (laughs) So true. And so my message to everyone would be focus. Focus on the right people, focus on the right accounts, focus on the right activities. And if you do that, you'll ultimately find success. Success is not something that you just stumble upon by accident. It's something that you have to be extremely intentional about. Yeah. And so my message to everyone out there is focus, focus, focus. <laughs> I love that. Stuart, wrap it up, finish this off. My message is pretty um, short, Sanger, and it's play to your strengths. As a salesperson, whether you're well-rounded or you're good at one or two things, play to those. I love it, guys. Focus and play to your strength. I want to wrap this up, and we're going to have both Ryan and Stuart again. We're going to talk more about these things. So please leave us a review. What did you like? People you would like to get interviewed. And leave us a rating so we know how we're doing. So Ryan, Stuart, thank you so much. Thanks so much, Sangram.